We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to this episode 183 of the Musa Moves Podcast alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Pleasure to be here with you on a Wednesday, December. Where has the year gone? Uh, at the same time, it feels like the longest year of all yeah, time. Yeah, it's so kind of that, the weird, like, like both of them. It, it's, it's, it's just both. like one of those throwaway things that boring people say. It's like, hey, how about the weather? Uh, where is this year gone? How about uh, 2020, am I right? Matt, I tell you, 2020... I can't wait till January when everything changes. Mm-hmm. Weird note to get out on here. Uh, first and foremost, Matt, how you doing today? <laughs> Honestly, a little bit thrown off because you usually say welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast this episode. This episode one. And then you, say, you, you, to the you flipped Roots. them. No, you said welcome to this episode 183 of the Moose and Roots podcast and just kind of threw me threw me through a loop there. It's just you keep, you keep me on my toes or something, but whatever you did, it, you, you know. know Got to keep it people up, guessing. Mixing up, like it. mixing up the copy a little bit. Yeah. That's it. Mix up yeah, the copy, it. keep it fresh. You know, these aren't pre-recorded intros. Uh, well, I guess technically, technically the every pre-recorded yeah, the podcast entirely is, uh, is pre-recorded. But uh, my brain is complete mush from what the Chicago Bears have done to me. Um, Same. Matt, let's just start Actually, right there. Let's not, just dive. But I'll, let's I'll just dive into right that. into it. My brain is not mush anymore because I have mode. become. I really watching that Packers game. I didn't really feel it much. It didn't hurt. It did. It didn't hurt it did because not. it was exactly. It was exactly how that game should have gone. With where the two teams are, with how they're coached, with the players on the roster, with the quarterback talent, with belief in the system, with effectiveness of the system, that is the result of that football game. Football game nine times out of ten, it just it was over pretty much right away too. But it's not like they the Bears even kind of kept you around. The, the Packers went down on that long scoring drive, and you're kind of not feeling good. Then Montgomery rips off that run. You think maybe you got a chance, and then they settle for the second. Allen Robinson didn't get me. You knew it was going to be a long shot anyways. Had probably weren't going to win the game. The second Allen Robinson doesn't come care. down you with that football, it. I don't care how good a defense was played. That ball was in his hands. You got to catch the football. Second, he doesn't come down when they take the field goal. You know the game's over. So Matt, even if they score the touchdown, ago. they probably don't win. But, I mean, it's that for me was not only the season, but just kind of this current regime in a nutshell. For That, that was just the, the actual ending for me. Two months ago, the Chicago Bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-19 to in prime time, moved to 4-1 and one on the season, went on to beat the Panthers the following week in kind of a fashion, 23-16. to 16. In typical this Bears team fashion with the dominant and defense, a few flashes on offense. We all knew what was out in front of them the next five games. The Rams, the Saints, Talked about the on Titans, the, the Vikings, and the Packers. All outside of the Vikings, top 15 teams in the NFL. It was going to be the real test of who this team was. It was going to tell us who they were, what sort of resolve they had, what sort of leadership Matt Nagy was putting forth, if this was an actual team and regime ready to move forward to the future. And we got a resounding answer of no. Five consecutive losses, the longest losing streak in the NFL currently, and you can't feel too good about staring down the Lions. Twelve uh, six coming this weekend. At 1 no, PM team on come Fox. with their new with the new head coach. I feel like the team they fires their head coach and has that interim the first week. Usually comes out with a little bit of juice. I wouldn't. The Bears are favored this weekend by three. I wouldn't touch the Bears. 
so we looked at the Bears in that five-game span. They told us what we needed to know about them. Now we look at the final five games of the season as the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars finishing up with the Packers. Ostensibly, those should all be wins, except the Packers. If you can somehow limit the Texans and if you can go to Minnesota and win a football game. But I would not be surprised if the Bears lost 10 straight to finish the season. Yeah, right. at, what, at what point, Matt, if your ownership... Do you clean house before the final whistle blows? Like, how many consecutive losses for you to say goodbye, Matt Nagy, in season? i got to be honest with you. After that effort in Green Bay, it would have been really hard for me to not do it. The Bears, though, just historically, I feel like don't make that decision in season. Like, But they've historically, and I'm not pushing back on you, that, that's, that's the truth, Matt. Historically, they don't do that. And historically, in recent history, they've been an absolute steaming pile of shit. So but, why not do things differently? But why historically, not change, why not change your business practice to then change the hiring, to then change the personnel, to then change the coaching, to then change the outcome? I hate to regurgitate the like go to. I think I know something and read a literature, read one book of you know theory and literature growing uh, in in school, but expecting different outcomes uh, it's the, definition the same of action is the definition of insanity. I'm not disagreeing this, this with is, you. I this agree is that's decades the long of, of insanity but it's from just those not, making the decision for the Bears. I, I, I agree with you, and I'm saying I think it sh- I, I'm not thinking – I don't think that's how they should operate. I think they should make a change. But also the fact that we keep sitting here week after week, year after year, month after month, whatever, on a podcast thinking that that ownership that's done things the same way every single time is going to change – that in itself might be the definition of insanity. No, it's not. No, it's because not. I just don't because, think they're going to change. Because, because it is. I want them to. Fa- I don't it think is they're a going fan to. Bases, it is a fan base's duty beyond supporting their team to hold the decision makers accountable. If this is, if this is a team for the city, if it is the Chicago Bears and not the McCaskey Bears, then it's Chicago's job to continue to hold these people accountable when they do fall short of the mark time and time again. I'm sick and tired of it. It's the freaking charter franchise in the NFL. If there's anything that the Chicago Bears have been defined by throughout the hundreds of years that or the hundred and some years that mm-hmm. they've been a franchise, it's defense and fandom. That's what the Chicago Bears have brought consistently. Chicago has brought the fandom. The Bears have brought defense and nothing else. It's not a winning formula. It's why this historic franchise has one Super Bowl to its name. It's why we've fallen short for the last three decades since that moment. We cannot stop holding those making the decisions accountable for the shit decisions that they make. Because frankly, as a Chicago Bears fan, it's unacceptable to lose five straight games. It's unacceptable to be the laughing stock of the NFL. It's unacceptable to be the laughing stock of the NFL at five and one. Teams viewed us as a bottom as a joke. team at five and one as and a they were joke, right. as a fluke, and they were one hundred percent right because of the decisions that coaches, management, and ownership have made. I don't know like, how when, you can. When does it change? When does it stop? It now, needs to. It needs to immediately. It needs to this time around. It needs to with a message being sent to Matt Nagy, this coaching staff, the general managers, and the future leaders of the team that in Chicago. We don't stand for five straight losses. You will lose your damn job. That's the message that needs to be sent. And 
I don't get how you could. I'm, I'm, I know they made a big deal saying Virginia was in the building and stuff in Lambeau. I'm sure they had a broadcast up in the skybox because I feel that's how those those go. You were uh, watching it too, I'm assuming, with some volume on. Yeah. Hearing Tony Dungy essentially like try to apologize for the Bears almost, and then I think when the, when the Packers went for it late on fourth and two and picked it up to ice the game. Tariko and Dungy were legitimately laughing. Like they, they, they were trying to not laugh. They were kind of giggling as the Packers went for it on fourth and two up 16. The, the Bears were legitimately the laughing stock of one of the most respected voices, one of the most respected minds in the NFL, and one of the most respected voices in the NFL at Mike Tariko. And I'm with you, but I. I would be fired. I would have fired everybody already because I think that has to be the line in the sand for me. But also, nothing changes too until like it has to go all the way up to Ted Phillips. It can't be like you. you he can't. The guys hiring those next guys can't be the same. Otherwise, you were doomed to. They don't know how to identify. They, they don't know. It's been the same way for however long I've been alive. They don't know how to identify the right people. You need to find someone that can identify the right people. I, I just I, I don't see them firing Ted Phillips. It's I, I want them to. I want them. Wouldn't have fire reassign whatever because he's made them money and they're not going to fire him. Fire him, but make him Crane Kenny. You, it, this doesn't change. And I, I w- was listening to Owen Crutes talk about this. I think he's kind of hinted at it on our post game show. He said it on the radio, some podcasts, and I take his word for it because he knows that building, that management, that franchise as well as anyone. He's all on board with the. This doesn't change until the guys hiring the guys are different. And I, I think he knows that building pretty well. So, it, it, I until that happens, it's going to be really hard to get on board with whoever's next, which is a really sad state of affairs to be in. It um, it really is, and the fact of the matter is that that might not even be the solution. And might not be. It's it, it's it's always low hanging fruit to say ownership needs to change, and that's when everything changes. But that's when true overarching change happens. I'm, I'm sort of inhaling it all firsthand here uh, out in the New York metro area right now with what's going on with the New York Mets and the life that has been ignited into this team by a change in ownership with the Wilpons selling the team to a billionaire in Steve Cohn. It's unbelievable. To, who is going to make this his life's work, who wants to be, who is a Mets fan at heart and is going to change that franchise because he knows that's what people who feel the way that he feels deserve. I don't know that the McCaskies feel the way that I feel. They may, and they may feel even worse than I feel. I'm not accusing them of that, but they are not material enough. They are not public enough to let us know that they are feeling what we are feeling. So I say that with the thought of maybe it doesn't change for decades. Maybe this is the life we live as Bears fans for our entire existence because the only way that ownership changes in Chicago is if what happens to the Wilpons happens to the McCaskies and they come upon financial straits and mm-hmm. they need the couple billion dollars that the team is worth. I don't know their financial situation, but I don't see that happening in the short term. Neither do and I. I don't, and I don't see them growing tired of having to do this every four years and clean house and figure out something and start anew and rebuild and get the defense to a place where it's supposed to be and figure out that you don't have a quarterback, that you don't have an offensive line, and that you have offensive weapons that are tired of playing for a bad team. Like It's just so cyclical and so nauseating that I'll never turn in my Bears fan card 
but it is at the point where I can no longer care about this team and allow them to ruin my Sundays. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth watching a defense let go of the rope. A defense that you know is talented. Let go of the rope. That, that's what that against, was Sunday against, night. Make- against the Green Bay Packers. Against the rivals in an empty stadium. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. But here I go patting myself on the back. I, told you, the at the back. Be- I told you at the beginning of the season. College, uh, professional, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. The teams that were going to be successful this year were the teams that can create their own juice. BYOJ, bring your own juice. It's literally a mantra in buildings around the NFL. The Bears have no juice. Offensively, defensively, special teams, they cannot create their own. And it's because, I'll go to another ism that I go to, the air in the building has gone stale. It's gone bad. No one believes in Matt Nagy. No one believes in what they're being told. And no one believes that when they walk out on the field on Sunday that they have an actual chance to beat the team standing across them of the Green Bay Packers a week ago. There's no yeah. juice. You're right. There's no it, it, juice, and I don't know how, and I don't know how you get juice without starting over. That's Joe, how that's, bad things that's have That's how you get juice. It, it, I we we've talked about it about a few weeks ago about the the possibility of moving on from some of these older pieces on the defense and them being tied to big cap hits. I'm at the point where I really don't even care about that because they're not competing next year with this team. The defense is going to get a year older. They're not going to have a quarterback. This team isn't really going to compete next year. They're not going to have the offensive line. I don't care what the cap situation looks like next year. You can get a first you can get first round pick and more for Khalil Mack. Do it. You can get a first round pick or multiple second, third round picks for Akeem Hicks. Send him on his way. You got you got calls on Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, any one of these guys that you can get a lot of draft capital for. Notice how I'm saying nobody on the offensive side of the ball because nobody would want anyone other than Allen Robinson's contract. There because there's no one of value. Sell everything you have. I don't care how the cap looks next next year. The Miami Dolphins just did this, and granted, they have the right guys in charge. They got their head coach. They ha- they have a guy leading the the rebuild. We don't that I trust right now. The cell provided that you get a, a new guy in there that we all trust. Whatever that, that you think can lead a rebuild, do it. Because look where the Miami like the Miami Dolphins did this the right way, and they were all kind of the laughing stock when they were trading everybody off. Year and a half into it, they're competing for a playoff spot. This is. I don't care what the cap does next year. Get yourself as much draft capital as you can. I don't care how bad you are. Go one and fifteen. Go two and fourteen. Get another great first round pick. Start rebuilding because it's not this group. I would be so. This group ain't gonna do it. This is like Rick Hahn said about the Sox a few years ago. This is mired in mediocrity, if you can even call it mediocrity. It's not changing with this group. The defense is too old. The offense is too untalented. Blow it the so- hell up. So let's look at, I mean, I'd love to look at them side to side because I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge Mm -hmm. or encyclopedic memory of what the roster looked like two and a half years ago uh, when Cody Parkey rang two posts and we actually thought we had a team that could contend for an NFC championship game, NFC champion and and possibly Mm -hmm. make it to a Super Bowl. When that belief was true and it was founded in actual football. Yeah. What's been the biggest change? Because the quarterback is the quarterback. Obviously, you have your your love affair, or your um, your just affair. There was no love there with Nick Foles, but your quarterback is the same guy. Defensively, a lot of the same pieces. Offensive line has changed a bit, and I'd argue that the targets have gotten better on the offensive side of the football since then. I mean, I'm not raving about uh, Anthony Miller or Cole Komet mm-hmm. because we saw that no, but again. Th- there's again, there. week after week, Cole Komet's proving that 
maybe Matt Nagy has made the right decision in not getting him the football. There's skill there. It's not, not. It's not what we've seen. In, but my, but my point Fox is, but my point Josh is, Bellamy what has what has changed from a personnel standpoint, or has it strictly been a change in the mental makeup and belief of this football team? I was going to say before you said both those things. There's two things that have changed for me. One, you, you did touch on it. The offensive line is Bobby Massey, who has been hurt most of the year, regressed. Charles Leno signed that big deal, and then Bobby Massey put on. Let, let me tell you, let me. Rest. I'm sorry to Go cut ahead. you off here, but no, Bobby Massey couldn't look less ready to play football right now. Bobby Massey, or, uh, excuse me, I'm I'm thinking of Leno. Yeah. Uh, go on. Oh, yeah. but Char- I'm thinking Char- of, I was gonna say Charles, Charles Leno. Leno. Charles Leno was got so a, out of shape. He, he looked got, like he had yeah. my legs on a 350 pound man's body. He looked like. I could push him over with a leverage rush. They, uh, they they picked, I think Charles Leno was either like a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent right around the early John Fox years. And I remember talking and watching, like, man, they found themselves kind of a little bit of a gem there. He was never great, but he was like, you know, an average to above average left tackle in the NFL, which, which obviously plays. He signed that big contract extension, which at the time was warranted. It, like it didn't, break the bank but it, it compensated him and put the you know gave him a, a hefty cap hit and since he did that he is I, I don't know if his body broke down or if he stopped working as hard he's just he's not the same player he's just not very good the offensive line has completely just gone to shit um yeah. be it kyle long say what you want about uh, his health deteriorating put them in a very bad spot because he was such a big piece in that. So you have three of the five starters on the offensive line done. Cody Whitehair is playing out of place. You saw him play at guard against Green Bay on Sunday night, and he was not that he was a bad center, but he was an elite guard. Um, so personnel-wise, that's the biggest change for me. And then we've talked about it a couple times the last couple of years. The biggest change is mentally. They, that Eagles game broke them. I'm fully, fully convinced it broke everyone in that building. Uh, maybe with the exception of the defense, because they've kind of played still out of very well at well, times. Then, and they've if, the, if that broke your, it two it and a half years coach, ago, it broke and your general you manager, and you, and and you haven't been able, you haven't been able to pick yourself up by the bootstraps for two and a half years. I agree. Like, get everyone the hell out! I agree. Of I'm not disagreeing. I, I have with that. No I'm time, just telling you what I think. I have happened. no time for that sort of insidious negative thinking. I have no time for that sort of weakness around my football team if a game two and a half years ago is the reason that you're dog crap today i agree i'm I not just don't. i'm not dis- i'm not justifying it i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying you can you know back it up i'm just saying that's what i think happened and we could kind of identify it at points last year i just you see how they've reacted to that game and it's very obvious very quickly that this team didn't really have the uh, the um mental mindset, the mental edge to respond to adversity, including your head coach, probably including your general manager. Because while we, at the time, the Robert Quinn signing seemed like the right move and seemed like a good idea, he was coming off 11 half sack year, bolstered defense. Why would you, what are they, it was 70, 60 million, whatever. Why the hell would you not spread that across three offensive linemen and either bring back Leonard Floyd or but you draft some, give someone a shot that, that can play that um, you know, the op- opposite Khalil Mack. You or you or me could play opposite Khalil Mack and still get some pressure because that guy takes up so much attention. Akeem Hicks takes up so much attention. You don't need to allocate fifteen million out of your salary cap to an outside linebacker when you're drafting. Why they drafted one offensive player this year and the rest were all defensive, most of which are on practice squads or not not even on the team. It's just they 
that year broke them. They didn't know how to operate. They just kept trying to add the defense. I, I don't understand any of the moves really since then. It's uh, it broke it, their brains. I mean, you saw it. What you saw that famous gif of Matt Nagy's face after the double doink. That was his brain breaking, and it's been the same ever since. You know, it, it's it's infuriating and it's tiring, and I want it to change, and it only changes if you change things, and you need to change the head coach. Uh, as you said, it probably goes all the way up to Ted Phillips and ownership here um, with the McCaskies. Those things might not change, but something needs to because Matt Nagy is far more Mark Tressman. He's far more John Fox. He's far more Dick Jaron than he is Lovey Smith, than he is Mike Ditka, than he is any sort of coach that saw any sort of success with the Chicago Bears. It's over. Yeah, the, and Matt Nagy, the Matt Nagy experience is over. And if they lose to the Lions this weekend, and it's not over within three hours of that football game, I, I'm packing it in. Call, call me when he's gone. Because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not wasting four hours on a Sunday every week getting furious and then recounting it with you. I'm not doing it. So if you want to come on here after they lose to the if, if they lose to if the they Lions. If they lose to the Lions, we're, just a, we're a Notre Dame podcast. Then. It, after they Dame lose to the Lions, I'll, I'll do a Lions recap because I'm going to have watched the game anyway. But beyond that, you won't get me to say another word about the Chicago they Bears. Lose to the Matt Lions, Nagy's not the head coach. We'll talk about a team that you know responds to – Getting a new head coach, getting someone out of the building, getting you know, playing for someone they believe in, whatever. But they, I think Matt Nagy's tenure is kind of like, in a nutshell, what we talk about is the biggest problem week to week. You know, usually in the first half, this week wasn't good, but they they've had decent first halves. They come out playing okay. They get into that, you know, they get into the locker room in, in a game, and they come out in the third quarter flat, unabil- uh, unable to change unable to adjust they scored to anything. seven points exactly. in the third quarter this season and the that that first year the, the eagles game was the first sign of adversity that them coming out in the third quarter they the the last two years has been his chance to adjust much like he has in the third quarter and he's unable to do it he's unable to adjust to his opponent his team and he's 0-3 coming off buys and not like a Good, like he's getting coach. murdered coming off buys. This is your. You, think, you had two you weeks Matt to Nagy, self scout, let's, let's scout push the Packers. Let's push this way, thing let me, forward. Let me finish. A Packers team that isn't like they're fine. They're not world beaters this year. This is not the best. This is not the Aaron Rodgers teams of old. That, that yeah, they might make a run to an NFC Championship game because the NFC is weak. This is not by far the best Packers team. You had two weeks to prepare for this. And that's what you came up with. That's the inspiration. That's the effort you got from your players. I'm don't. I don't I like Cordero Patterson. Don't tweet about how Matt Nagy has your support. Stop it. He doesn't have the support of the locker room. He's not a leader because that's the effort in a time where your coach needed an effort from you guys. That's the effort he got. He he doesn't. You guys don't have his back. You guys you don't want, want him there. You don't believe in him. The perfect depiction of the Bears' inability to hire a head coach is outlined by what those head coaches do after they coach the Chicago Bears. John Fox is on TV for a hot minute. Mark Tressman had a cup of coffee as the OC with the Baltimore Ravens, one of the worst offenses in NFL history that year. Now he's in. He's back in Canada, and what's he? What's he last doing? Uh, still the head coach XFL. of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Vipers, the now defunct Tampa Bay Vipers. Well, they're coming back because the Rock. Shout Our coaches rock. are so bad that they fade into oblivion after they coach the Chicago Bears. Mark Tressman, 
John Fox, recent memory of the things that they do, this will go down in line with that. Matt Nagy, I'd be hard-pressed to say any one of the 32 teams in the NFL would give him any sort of job. I wouldn't let him come near my building, even if he wanted an autograph. He's not going to be an offensive coordinator. He might be offensive quality controller quarterbacks coach somewhere. I think that's you, the, I'd that's see like Andy Reid giving him a, a landing spot. Why? Because Andy, Andy Reid likes him. He's an, not as an offensive coordinator. He's not like going like to give him an OC title. No, Maybe offensive quality control so you could shut up and file some papers for us in the back because that's all you're really good for. Mm-hmm. He has no good ideas. Those were Andy's ideas. He yep. tried to make them his and change them and tweak them, and whatever he did ruined it. Does that? So I don't see Matt Nagy doing anything productive in NFL football beyond the Chicago Bears. That's how bad it's been. That's how bad it continues to be in hiring head coaches of the Chicago Bears. So hopefully within the next you know couple months we're talking about a head coach search and ideally a general manager search. Does that give you any reservations about – because Eric Bieniemy is, is the hot name and he has had great success with the Chiefs. Does that give you any reservations about bringing in a guy who, while he's had success, has won literally the same exact position you just hired from? Then again, why would he even want to come here? What, what's there to coach? The, what, why would you want to be the head coach of the Bears right now for a young offensive mind? But like coming from that tree, that same that spot, that high end talent, is that like does that give you any reservations about hiring him? No. Okay. I, hire, hire I don't anybody, know enough about Courtney. Hire anybody from anywhere not named Matt Nagy right now. It's, and it, I, I have not exhausted my research and picked a guy that I, I would like the Bears to go get. Um, I spent time around Robert Sala in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I know what he's capable of as a defensive coordinator. I know what he's capable of in communicating to his players. I've said it in the past that from a media standpoint, he doesn't give off the air of head coach, but everything that's done inside that could not care less in, about your in, media standpoint in. Yeah. Cause maybe, maybe that quote unquote at the beginning of this whole debacle was Matt Nagy's strong suit. It mm-hmm. was, you know, his communication skills, but in the end, a lot of time that's just BS and hot. Oh, yeah. And we've come to find that that's what the situation is. But back to Robert Sala, I know that that's a guy who can, you know, ignite an offense. Now he, or a defense, he'd have to bring in an offensive mind, to set that sort of tone offensively. But I think that a defensive-minded head coach in Chicago is probably the way that you want to go. Um, I, that's probably the uh, language It's probably the language that you want to speak and let the offense be the offense. Let the offense take care of itself. Uh, let the offensive coordinator worry about the play calling and not everything else under the sun in the building. I, I think Robert Sala is a, a name that comes to mind as well. And he's definitely a name that I think – after the the Super Bowl run last year was one that was kind of popping up and people said, you know, he's going to start getting some attention. I don't care if it's offense. I don't care if it's defense. I don't care if it's special teams. I don't care if it's what, whatever. Find, then again, I don't necessarily trust the McCaskies to make this hire and, and make this judgment. Find whoever is the best leader of men. I, I don't really care. You look around the league, it's it, do, it doesn't matter what your head coach's specialty is. And obviously the Bears are known for defense, and if that's the route they go, whatever. Mike Ditka is the most successful head coach in history. He's an offensive guy. It just matters who can galvanize a locker room and get him to play for him. I, I, I don't care what your that, background is as long as you're a football coach and yeah. your players like you're a no, leader. No, I agree. I, I don't Because the great football be- coaches – the, the really the great ones, obviously, Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time. 
you think Bill Belichick's just worrying about defense? No, he's a defensive no. guy, but he is absolutely in on the offensive but game plan. Do you think Matt Nagy has anything to do with the defensive game plan? He pretty much said when he came here, it's Vicks, and he's kind of the head coach of that. This is, as that's not, He's an offensive coordinator and a bad one. As outlined by our conversation about um, the roster now versus the roster in 2018, the biggest change that needs to happen right now is cultural. And that's not offense. That's not defense. It's a cultural exactly. shift, a shift in belief, a, a shift in the air in the building. Uh, the more I think about Eric Bieniemy, what what is his role? I know he's the offense coordinator, but so is Matt Nagy. Neither of them call plays, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think stop, stop hiring coordinators yeah. who don't really have a job on Sunday. And not to not to belittle the job that Eric Bieniemy does or these coordinators. If you're the head coach and you're calling plays. Don't give me a Mark Helfrich, okay? Mm-hmm. Give me give me a candidate who has had control of something. Give me that's what I want. A candidate who has had control of something and who has had a has had true consequence to the decisions that he or she makes on Sundays. Give me someone who's had that experience. I mean Eric Bieniemy's a big hot name. Is it going to work? I don't know. What happens when it's third and 15 and we need a first down and the play sheet's in your hands? And you don't have Patrick Mahomes Uh, and Tyreek Hill. Don't give me – that's true. But what I'm saying is don't give me the guy who puts together the opening 12 and says, Andy, what do you think? Give me Andy. Like give me someone with experience. Give me someone who can lead a team. I'm not going to get fired uh, fired up about potential hirings. Uh, We need a firing first. We've already given the Bears a half an hour. I've said my Fair piece. Enough. If you have any finishing words, I would here. just like. To, I'm not anti Eric. I think Eric Bieniemy is a good mind and is going to be a head coach, probably a successful one somewhere. I just don't probably. Think, I don't probably. think with where the Bears are organizationally, I don't think that's the right. Thank fit you for right articulating now. what I was trying to. Yes, I know what you're trying to say. Right. You're not. You weren't trying to be little, but like with where no, they Eric are. Eric Bieniemy will probably go they, somewhere, win three Super Bowls, and I'm an idiot. But he, what I'm saying is like. The Bears are in a position, experience, in a position to hire Experience and leadership, right experience and leadership, experience and leadership. Yes. What do I want? Experience and leadership. I, yes. I, the, except not John Fox. Just don't bring him back. That's true. Um, Can't wait to hear um, what Ernie, of course, he has to say. We do have Wednesday night football. Steelers, Can't Ravens. Can't. Wednesday um, afternoon football. Even I, I, I don't really want to get into the matchup here. because It's a great matchup, but it's not going it's to not. be the full. <laughs> it's the it's not going to be, missing everybody. It's not going to be the full form of either of these teams. Um James Conner is out, big offensive weapon, running back for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. So just like, what, what's your general temperature on Wednesday Night Football? Are you excited heading into this game? Are you like, did, yes. are you like, I'm are excited you thrilled to have football game. to watch on Wednesday night? Absolutely. Um, this reminds me of bowl season almost. Are you... And it's probably going to be a bad game because everybody's like all every, uh, the Ravens are missing so many yeah, guys. Yeah, it's Steelers Wednesday night. It kickoffs three thirty. Like, it yeah, feels like some action. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Like, it feels like it's the got a very maxiony. It's got a very maxiony vibe. And you know how um, much I love maxion. Do you think that the NFL is wrong for putting these two teams in this position because the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I don't. Now undefe- still undefeated. Now have had to flex every different way to accommodate the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. We're not talking about they've had to bend over backwards for the Bears or bend over backwards for the Lions or some bottom feeder team. They've had to bend over backwards to play two of the better teams in the NFL. They're going to win tonight. They beat the Titans. They'll continue to say us versus the world. The only thing that I'm happy about, 
with this game not being canceled, knock on wood, as we record this at 11.50 Eastern time on Wednesday. The only thing I'm happy about is that if the Pittsburgh Steelers do continue this undefeated march towards the playoffs, that we don't have to talk about any asterisks. We don't have to talk about any, oh, they, were, they weren't they were 16-0, they were 15-0. Mm-hmm. They, like, they're not the 72 Dolphins because of this, that, and the other. This at least keeps them parallel with the history that they're trying to make. That's, just, that's my big silver lining here in having to watch these teams go at it, not at 100%. I don't understand why they couldn't have just flexed to the Week 18. Week 18. Because I think week you have Because they don't want to do Week 18. Why not? Like, what because you, so what much, because there's here? so much business. Business is what you're hanging on to. Ad dollars is what you're hanging on to. Having to completely pivot from a marketing standpoint, having to change every single graphic, having to change all your Super Bowl flyers, having to change all of the marketing materials, having to change hotel accommodations, having to change. There's so much that needs to change in terms of the last game to be played in 2020, 2021 the Super Bowl that is at Raymond James Stadium, that they have to stay on pace with that and they cannot get rid of the week between the championships and the Super Bowl because if this week, if this year tells us anything, time is what these guys need. Not just to get healthy in terms of hamstrings and biceps and triceps, to get healthy in the face of COVID-19. Time is what they need. So getting rid of the week between the NFC and AFC championship game and the Super Bowl is just not a viable option. Squeezing everything in here to the regular season is a much more business savvy decision in terms of trying to get things to go off as scheduled. Well, if, this, if, if, if you implement a week 18, you're pushing the Super Bowl. There's there, those, those two things are completely and directly linked. That's so fine. if you make I that just, decision today, everything changes. I think they're past that point. I think probably. the week, Maybe it's I think the week, season to do that. I think the week 18 action plan went dead around week eight. If I'm being honest with you, that's fine. Then they they can't really preach how important player safety is to me because you're having the Steelers. You're having the Steelers and Ravens playing Wednesday. You're the only you're the only one eating that up. Player safety doesn't matter. They're sending guys on planes with COVID nineteen. People are going out there and snapping ankles. Guys are forgetting their names. Ten years removed from the game. This is NF. This is NFL football, not the Joy Luck Club. This is this is is the Joy Luck Club. It's. Like, I think it was like a book club. Heard a bunch. That. A bunch of um, women and their daughters get, got together. It's a story about women and their daughters and that relationship. Oh, that's lovely. It's probably just a dated, hollow reference. Okay. Um, but point being is, this is more gladiators in a coliseum than it is a book club. This is more uh, Greco-Roman wrestling that's than it is. Reference. That yep. it is I like that a lot healthcare plans and player safety. It's all a lie. And we're the consumer. We, we, we have to look the other way on the lie to enjoy our football every Sunday. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into a, a moral conundrum here of whether that's right, wrong, or otherwise. But this is the game that those supreme athletes have decided to play. It's the game that we decide to digest each and every weekend. I do and both that. of us, the players, the fans, the owners – the decision makers, the commissioner, we all have to live with the moral decision that we've made. And I'm sorry, but the idea of player safety in the NFL, yes, it's come a long way. Yes, they're being proactive about it. But there is a certain, uh, there is a certain line where the game demands certain things 
from its players. Man. And sometimes that's their well-being. Oftentimes it's their well-being. It's the it's the it's the moral it's the moral bankrupt decision that we make each and every weekend. Sorry, I gotta be honest everybody. with you. No, I kind of brought that up because I knew it would spark you on a rant about how the NFL doesn't really care about it. I thought it made for good podcasting, and I think it did. I think that rant was good. I, I, I never played it down in the NFL. You never played it down in the NFL. But if Could you have. talk to any one of the that thousands of players who did play, who have spent time in the NFL, I'm sure they would echo that sentiment tenfold. That this is the game that doesn't love you. It is the I, I you know I heard it perfectly articulated by the guy by Will Compton on Bussin' with the Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Compton, Taylor Lewan have their podcast. It's fantastic. Um, it is a the NFL is however many players. It is that many businesses. It's that many corporations. When you get to the NFL, it's no longer team. It's no longer rah-rah. You get sent to the practice squad like Will Compton did at the drop of a hat. You can be Mm -hmm. best friends with the coach and find yourself on the practice squad. You have to worry about your business. You have to worry about your corporation. And and, and I know we're taught as kids around sports and football particularly that the success of the individual is completely reliant on the success of the team. That is not the case in the NFL. The success of the team is completely detached from the success of the individual. The success of the team relies on the success of the individual, but the success of the individual doesn't have a whole lot to do with the success of the team. team. Marketing yourself and setting yourself up for that next contract has nothing to do with the win-loss column. Maybe if you're a quarterback, we can have that conversation. At every other position, position, it's about how you played, how you produced, the film you put on tape, and in terms of off the field, it's how you can market yourself. And you've seen Odell Beckham. How many winning seasons has Odell Beckham Jr. been a part of? Like I don't two. know, but everybody in the world beyond football knows the name Odell Beckham Jr. The success of the individual doesn't have a whole lot to do with the success of the team. And that's the current state of the NFL. And that's why these guys have to look out for themselves. The league's not looking out for anybody. So with that, tune in Thursday night or Wednesday afternoon football on NBC. Should be a great matchup. You uh, I know the, that you're going to take any action on that one. Steelers, Ravens, Steelers are ten point favorites right now. I kind of like. I'm not. It. T- I'm not touching it either. There's just too many independent variables. There's too many moving parts. I, you don't know who's going to be playing. M- might might sneak in off. like a, a sneak in like a live bet, like Chase Claypool to score a first yeah. touchdown, something like, like that. Find a prop you like yeah. and call it a day. I, I don't think this one. The the result of this one isn't going to. Um, RG three who versus these, Big Ben. This who is these like teams will be at the end of the season? Eight all over again. Yeah, disgusting. Um, but we will watch. We will enjoy. Matt, college football playoff, before we get some locks here real quick, uh, no change in the top six. It's actually the first or second time, excuse me. It's the second time in the six-year history of the college football playoff that there was no change from the first release to the second release. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of holding of water after what we saw. Uh, it goes Bama 1, ND 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, even though they did not play. Uh, they hold their four spot over A&M and Florida knocking on the door at 5 and 6 respectively. Uh, Matt, what sort of message did you receive from the committee in their release on Tuesday? So I got a buy or sell about this that I'm going to bring up with you later. Uh, with one Do it topic. now. Do it now. Okay, Do fine. Buy or sell. I got two things I want to say. That one, BYU is nine and zero and at thirteen. Don't care. Um, okay, I'm just gonna. I, I was gonna say buy or sell that low of a ranking. You got Cincinnati at eight and zero. What? That's not very nice. I, I give your questions thought. No, I, I, I'm not giving. I'm, I'm okay. giving. I'm Fair giving enough. BYU, I'm giving BYU and Cincinnati their requisite thought. Just did it. Done. 
I think Cincinnati would have a very slight chance BYU's done. Cincinnati would get their wig pushed back by any one of those top six right now. Get their wig pushed back. I I think by any of the top four, I'm not sure the top five or six. I think true talent power rankings right now, I agree with where the committee has the teams ranked right now, but true talent power rankings goes Bama 1, ND 2, I think this year I got Clemson three. I, str- I struggle Clemson, Ohio State, they're at three. I think Ohio State's really let's, good this year. I just don't think this is the, the Ohio committee. State we've seen. In Completely easily. The they haven't had that not game that they're, yet. They're not that this they're weekend, bad. Don't want to this say weekend anything, against like Michigan State could be that game where it's like, oh, okay, Ohio State's Ohio State's Ohio, Ohio State. State's but good. we'll see who's out there on the field because Ohio State doesn't make it public who their players are, who's sick, who's not. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um by all estimations, he will be. We know Ryan Day is not going to be coaching. I'm getting away from my original thought here. But in terms of talent power rankings, I think Florida right now could argue – I think four through seven is very interesting. Or four through six, excuse me, is very interesting. And then there's a massive drop-off uh, when you get to Cincinnati, I believe, at seven, correct? Uh, yes, and then you get Cincinnati. Georgia has talent, but they don't have a quarterback this year. Iowa Florida State puts isn't. Up, Florida puts up 45 on Cincinnati. A&M might be a ball game because I'm not sure I fully believe in A&M. They, they catch Florida early in the season, and mm-hmm. now we have to respect them for the rest of the year. Uh, I don't know. Um, everyone's path is clear. Florida has to beat Florida has to make the SEC championship game and beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Alabama has to hold serve. Notre Dame has to hold serve. Even if they lose in the ACC title game, I don't know how you say sorry to them. Provo- now that the, as long now as they the, don't get absolutely blown out in the ACC title correct, game, they're correct. They now that now that the Pac-12 is a non-conversation, now mm-hmm. that the Big 12 is a non-conversation, I would not be surprised if we watch Alabama play Florida in the SEC championship game. Notre Dame play Clemson in the SEC, or excuse me, in the SEC title game, or in the ACC title game. And you see all then, four of those teams in? And then you see all four of those teams play into college football playoff. I just I, think, have... I, I don't know. I don't know if that works for Florida, but... Florida would have to win. Ohio State right now, in a way, controls their own destiny. Because if you win, if you win out, you're in, which they likely will, if they play the games, they that's, will win and they will be if. in. But that's a big if because their final game, their qualifier, comes against the rival in Michigan, who one does not want to see Ohio State. Kirk Herbstreit brought Harbaugh, it up too. I mean, Jim Harbaugh does not want to see Ohio State. He does not want to go zero and six against Ohio State. So the best thing that could happen for Jim Harbaugh is not playing that game because not only do you not get your brakes beaten off, you also prevent that team possibly from going into the college football playoff. Now there is the situation of if that game gets canceled, they can get a sixth game on championship weekend they can mm-hmm. find a game somewhere to put another data point on paper to prove to the committee that they do belong in ton of moving parts byu you from, want your shot take that one but there's a ton of moving parts within the construct of the top six teams uh, beyond the toxic top six teams play for your new year's six bowl uh, the zach wilson experiment uh, or experience we'll get to enjoy it on a grand stage it's yeah. just not going to be in the college football playoff i'm buying where teams are ranked right now i'm selling non-power five being a part of the college football playoff i'm just i'm really interested to see how they handle ohio state because obviously they got them at four which i think is the right spot for them now given their limited um uh, limited schedule, like only playing the four games, but you, you hit it on the head there. The Michigan game is by no means a lock to be played, and Michigan could, on multiple levels, screw Ohio State and say we're not playing this game, and very easily use 
you know, a COVID outbreak or a couple cases as they're, they're out to do it. Um, I'm just, I don't know what the committee is going to do then. Cause I would then what you need, they need six to get into the big 10 championship game, which would take them away from that. Then does the committee actually punish them because they're kind of getting, you know, screwed from it. But then again, they also had to cancel cause they had some COVID stuff. So we're I just, we the need, way they I handle need, Ohio state is going to be really, really intriguing to me. I think we need boots on the ground in Ann Arbor. Like see if, see if they've reduced practice to like I'm one already water in Michigan bottle. and one I can just water make like bottle. a quick yeah. three hour drive over there like if Harbaugh's got like one water bottle out there for the entire team you know what's going on okay yeah. you know what's going on everybody um, around the trough come on share some water <laughs> oh goodness but I think at the end of the day uh, the four that it is right now I think that's barring problem. something crazy I think that's I think that's your four and I think and I and I want that to be our four because that is. I think those four. are the four best teams those are in the, the country. Four Florida is the one team I think. Country. I know A and M beat Florida early on. Sorry, don't lose A and M. I think Florida is the the only other team with an argument. But and if they beat Alabama, they then you, you have to put them in. Um, but these are kind of your four best. I don't think they're beating Alabama. Uh, Matt, let's offer up some locks of the week here. You uh, lost again last yeah, week. Yeah, we're not dropping back. to five, five and seven. seven. You know, after I the Cincinnati won, loss, I'm I six thought I was six. Really thought I was trending in the right direction mm-hmm. because that you, you know, turned that, a corner because that was the right pick, and I just you know I if pretty much technicality got me out, and that one was tough. But I was like, all right, you know, we're trending, and then I hop on the Pat Fitzgerald train, and not only do they not cover, they lose <laughs> outright in a. It, I don't. How do you lose that game? Michigan State's so bad. <laughs> They're this so is, bad. This is the this is the lock of the week. And segments. they were wearing not, that uniform. Not lament over lost lock segment. They were wearing those you give, hideous. Why don't you lime green state uniforms? A pick to fade. All right, I'm I'm done picking. You know anyone else that isn't elite? I'm going Clemson minus two at Virginia Tech. Virginia twenty two. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech not very good. They've gotten blown out by their fair share of good teams. Lost to Liberty at home this year. Clemson's on a mission. Trevor Lawrence is back. They look great against Pitt. They, they need to kind of put together a resume here if they want to have a chance at a top two seed. Going Clemson. I love that. Um, don't overthink it. Go with Clemson. Number doesn't seem big enough to me as well. Anytime it's that big number, you're looking at a possible 24 and a half cover. is where I would have kind – of, anything un, over 24 is where I would have probably said maybe not. Under 24, <laughs> I'm going to take it. Um, I like to pick. Uh, don't overthink it. Go with Clemson. I also like the fact that – you know they're still bolstering. They're not. They're not sitting at number one. You know they don't. Not, they don't need to just win. Mm-hmm. You know they're. They need to send messages. Yeah. Uh, it's not the if you win. It's the how you win right now. I like that. Um, out of Clemson. The only thing that worries me. Similar Virginia logic does, was your Ohio State pick from last week that didn't get end up getting played. Correct. Um, but I sent you, and we can make it public record on the Twitter if you want. I sent you my fill in log of the week. Yes, which is never in doubt. Tennessee no. Titans. Uh, they were getting three and a half, one outright. Never, never doubted that one. Love the pick, um, moneymaker indeed. Sorry, I was not able to share that with the Moose and Runes faithful. Okay. Maybe, maybe the social media manager could have put that one out though. Could I, I have, don't know. but you know, I don't know for the people. I, I'm, uh, you look at my Twitter bio; it does not say social media manager at Moose and Runes podcast. It just says only executive thing producer. That- only thing that worries me about your pick, Virginia Tech does run the ball well. So if they try and make it, you know, like a you just hang on to the ball as long just as just a can. rock fight, time of possession type game, that would be the That's only great. way I don't they, see Clemson. I'm sure they covering. do, but Clemson is still much better than them. So they should totally agree. I am operating under the same understanding. I'm going forward with the same strategy. I am taking Alabama. Love it. Uh, laying, don't think just that. What was it? 20, 28 and a half. 28 and a half. Laying 28 and a half, Alabama. Um, against a just a 
by all estimations, a piss poor LSU team. Twenty nine and a half on the line, but it was a twenty eight and a half. I had it at twenty eight and a half. I'll give you twenty. I'll show you the ticket. No, I, I, um, I saw it yesterday because I was thinking about the same one. It's literally. I'm just at the point of the season. Take the good teams. Um, this is the last opportunity that you're going to have to bet Alabama, to bet Clemson against a team that they are clear cut four, five, six mm-hmm. touchdown favorites over. You're not going to see this number for the rest of the year. SEC title game, whether it's against Florida or somebody else, that'll be a tighter range, 12 and a half, 17 and a half, maybe 21 and a half, mm-hmm. depending on what the situation is. Uh, Clemson's going to get Notre Dame in a title game where they'll probably be favorited, even though they're on the road by a few points. Um, and then you get into the college football playoff where the lines get a lot tighter. So not that it's any fun watching these games and starting them 28 and a half away from your number, but it's it's about as free as it gets in terms of, hey, Alabama, go out there and be Alabama. It's your decision whether or not you want to cover this number. The other team has no say in the matter. Yeah, so. that was uh, their game this week against Auburn. I've seen some Bama football here and there this year, but that was one that I pretty much had, for the first time, pretty much had them on start to finish. Mm-hmm. I, I just The more I see of Mac Jones, the more I really, really like him. He's a good quarterback. Obviously, he's got weapons around him, but he lost. There was the he's still very good. There was the uh, you know kind of lazy analysis of oh he's a game manager. Not one of our guys. One, one of our guys said that uh, after the game or before in our pregame this weekend. I go, yeah, but he might manage holding a Heisman over his head in a few yeah. weeks. Like that's like not a game manager. That's the best player in the nation, the most prolific player in the nation. So, um, no, I believe in Mac Jones. I believe in Devonta Smith. I believe in John Mechie the third. I mm-hmm. believe in Najee Harris. I believe in Nick Saban. I Najee Harris seems like he's been there for like ten years. I don't know why, but he just seems like he's been in Alabama forever. Probably because he has. And he looks like he gets better every weekend. He so, does. Um, a fantastic piece for somebody's Sunday attack uh, here in the near future. But I like Alabama. Going chalk like here. Clemson. We're taking the Tigers. We're taking the Tide. Sometimes when you got an upset stomach, you need a little chalk. Now I will. And that's say where we've gone this, here. That's a great line. I didn't hear. You like about. that? Oh, I'm gonna. That's a great gambling motto to live by. That was very You're welcome. Good. I that just thought good. of that one. And I won't go fully into what I'm going to do, but if for some reason, not even going to send the bet, not meaning to send the bad vibes out there, but if Clemson does not cover this week, um, I will be involving the the people in, in my yes. picks going Moose, forward. Moose we'll, we'll, we'll get, hopefully we don't come to that, but that's just a little tease. We'll, we'll, hopefully we don't even have to get into it next week, but if by some minuscule chance Clemson, that will be you know, Virginia Tech back, back, uh, backdoor covers the 22 uh, I will I will talk to the people and I will let the people decide my pick because I don't deserve to make it. It's good stuff, uh, Matt. I know this whole episode has kind of sounded like a grievance, but hit the music. I got a grievance. Yeah, you do. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about. It. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, college basketball is back, and I know everybody loves it. Everybody's huge fan of the kids no, no, going no, out no, there no, no, playing no, for the love no. of the game. Yeah, get, hit the music, Matt. Um, I don't, that might be a copyright College issue. basketball, and I know it's early in the season. We're literally a weekend, and these teams are figuring things out. But get me to March. Get me to March and wake me up. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. It's unwatchable. I had to do like 15 highlights last night, 10, 15 highlights. I don't know if a team shot over 35% from three-point range. Kansas shot 30% from the field 
on Tuesday night and won a basketball game. It is so bad. It's so unwatchable. Everybody has adopted the three and D offense Mm -hmm. and nobody can shoot. Like these are a bunch of guys who are going to be running camps at their local High high schools. These are not NBA players. I think that what I realized this week or what, what was brought back to my attention this week was that from collegiate to professional or from amateur to professional, there is no greater drop off in talent than NBA to college. I think that the college product is so poor right now. I think that the college product is so reliant on this tournament at the end of the season. And I think that we've been starved for that, not having to, you know, not being treated to the conference tournaments and the, and March Madness and the big tourney at the end of last season. I'm just so out on college basketball right now until these teams figure out how to run offenses and play defense. It was Tuesday night was one of the worst collections of basketball games that I ever had to watch. And on any other given night, you know, I'm turning it off. I'm throwing a movie on. I'm doing something. I'm at work. Yeah, I'm have having to, to be in tune with these games. And I'm watching possession after possession of whistle on fouls and actual fouls on missed threes on third and four and fifth try putback attempts. There's, there's no luster to college basketball right now. And yes, that luster will grow through the season and I'll be thrilled about certain <clears throat> games and this, that, and the other, but the product right now is not for me. Um, this is a direct knee jerk reaction to what we saw on Tuesday night, but I'm, it's not a buyer. It's a buyer sell within airing of grievance. I'm selling college basketball until further notice. It's bad. Love it. Um, it's now I'm not a basketball expert by any means, but I think anybody who watches the sport at all knows that the NBA really with, the Steph Curry kind of Clay Thompson emergence with the Warriors has shifted to pretty much all the analytics show you're either shooting the three, you're either shooting the three or dunking whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously, but like I think it's really hurt the chance. college football. I know it's really hurt yeah. the college fat basketball and really development of these players because like everybody just thinks that's the like everybody thinks that's what you have to do and not everybody's good at that no matter how much you work. Like not everybody's going to be able to shoot threes and instead of trying to figure out what players do well, what you do well, you're too worried about going pro and worrying about your three-point shot, and that's just at all anybody wants to do. Now, there's no offense. It's swinging around, looking for the open three, taking it, or trying to feed it down low for a dunk. Like that, that's, just, that's college basketball now. Which, Matt, look at, the, look at the draft this year. There was no LeBron James. There was no... That's another... The, the draft is Wade, Wade because, Carmelo Anthony. There was no Carl Anthony Towns even. There was no... The draft is irrelevant Clay. now. You there know, was after no Steph. The sixth or seventh pick. This year it was irrelevant. Years. This year it might have been irrelevant before it started. That's how low I am on this class. And, and maybe, you know, they maybe a couple guys come out here. Maybe LaMelo is a nice piece. Patrick Williams, Charlotte. obviously. Maybe, maybe Patrick Williams does something for the Bulls. Maybe maybe there's a, a role player or two in there. There was no star in this draft. I'm not sure that Name there's a star. Name another league. The, the sure first overall a... pick isn't like, you know, I want to say a lock to be a star, but someone that pretty much is everybody consensus on like, yeah, that's going to be a really good player. Like, even this year's draft, Anthony Edwards was like, yeah, he can be really good, but he doesn't but really he might love not like basketball, basketball, and he kind of played for two years <laughs> at Georgia, so we don't really know. He didn't play anybody There, there might not have been a star in this class, and I'll push it forward. There might not be a star in 2021 either. A lot of basketball to be played here, and yes, I'm soured on what we've seen early here in the season, but like, usually you know. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, oh, there's this high school kid who's got to go play a year at Duke, who's got to go play a year at Kentucky, who's got to go play a year at Arizona, and then he's going to come out and be the next thing. 
when, who's the next thing? You know, I, I'm not, I know basketball's in good hands and there's a, just a cavalcade of young stars in the NBA right now, but I'm talking about the college product right now. I, I need future stars to be in, in the college game to give us a reason to get hyped up about bad basketball. It, it, that's not there right now, right now either. Fennel Cryer, Bryce Hopkins committed to Kentucky. He's the next big thing. Just saying. He's not, but okay. he is. Okay. Go Friars. Fry her <laughs> up. Plug in the Friars. Fry her up. I think uh, you made my no, point there, but fry her up. Like, I don't – obviously, Zion was a little bit of an outlier because he was considered one of the best prospects in years. But, like, going into that year – But exactly. You had exactly a team, fits the mold. You had a we team We know who he watch. is in you high school. You had a guy to watch. I can't – who's number one right now? Uh, Gonzaga couldn't name you one player on their team. Baylor's number two. Couldn't name you one player on their team. Don't know who number three is. You know, U of I is the top five team. I could tell you a Dasunmu because I know he's from Morgan Park. And I, 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 you live in Illinois, so I kind of know that team. I, Joe, I'm a North you know, Carolina Drew, fan. You know Drew Timmy? I'm a North Carolina fan. I could name you one player on their team right now. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we, we get so caught up talking about the problem that baseball has um, about, you know, attention and eyes. I think college basketball's got a little problem, too. Yeah. Uh, Matt, let's jump into some buy or sell. We've, uh, we've gone negative here. Let's just like. We already gave guess. you one of mine, so you start now. All right, my, this is going to be a negative question, buyer, too. So. Uh, buy or sell Tim Anderson's commitment to the Chicago White Sox. He removed all signs of White Sox things from his social media. Again, he's done that in the past. He also tweeted uh, a cryptic tweet here, and if you'll give me a moment, I had it pulled up. I no longer do. Uh, but, I, um, I think I got, I, I got it. It was – it appeared to it's be like – they, they made changes, I'm not feeling it or something like that. Uh, they shook it up. Kinda they shook wasn't it up. Kind of wasn't feeling it. Uh, also removed all signs of, of the White Sox from his um, from his bio. I know Tim Anderson has long been, you know, volatile on social media and, and an outspoken individual in a good way for the players' union. Um, he's he's sort of been at the forefront of this lead with swagger, bring some fun back to the game approach that we love, that we've grown to love. But I'm not sure that he uh, is sold on the decisions that the White Sox have made in the offseason here. Matt, buy or sell um, Tim Anderson's commitment to the White Sox? Uh, I'm still going to buy it. I, I, he's always been a little bit of a volatile personality who, you know, sometimes does things before. Th- not that he didn't think this all the way through, but you know what I mean? He, he's not afraid to act first. Um, it was a cryptic tweet. I don't know exactly what was behind it. I mean, obviously, he have ideas. He probably didn't like the Tony La Russa hiring, whatever. They made some staff hirings that people like. Lucas Giolito was, was, was out in front of it yesterday saying, you know, he's talked to La Russa a couple times and liked it. I, I just think I'll be much more concerned if, you know, six months from now, or what's it? It's December. So, yeah, six months from now, it's June, and the Sox are in third place, and Tim Anderson's hitting 240. I'll be a little bit more concerned then because Tim Anderson still, you know, he's, he's on this, he's under team control through 2024. He's probably going to outlast Tony La Russa here anyways. Um, I'll, I'll be much more concerned if it, if we get into the season, he's still feeling the same way. He's still kind of, you know, moody, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't, I'm not worried about it now. It's, White it's, Sox. In the, it's, it's in the file. It's in the file cabinet under, you know, check back later. I'm not dismissing it completely, but, it's just I can't I, like I can't worry about it too much in December when they haven't even reported a spring training. Just the White Sox are on notice right now. They're all we have. They are. They're really. They're really. You better not <laughs> mess this up. Eight seed in the East and and the White Sox. That's really where the Chicago Phantoms at right now. Um, I'd love to. We we got to get someone on here to speak tr- 
truly to the heart of a Cubs fan right now uh, through this transition and what they're, you know, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what their expectation is. We can for talk to Cap. We, we got to get Cap on here. He's, he's the heart. He's the, he's the pulse of the Chicago Cubs fan. So no better guy to get on to talk to that. Maybe we'll, we'll talk to him. We'll send him a text. Make some calls. Uh, Matt, hit me. Uh, well, now I'm afraid to ask because you talk so much about how much you hate college basketball, but, um, Bill Walton's been getting a lot more backlash this, oh, this year. Yeah, and I so I, I I guess buy or sell. It's it's time for Bill to to hang it up. Maybe um, is, is the way to phrase it. Because I, I got a theory. I don't want to buy. I don't want to take. Yeah, it's not my idea, but I, I want to hear yours first. I, I, I'm not going to buy or sell this because um, I have a unique understanding of the not only the skill and the work and the time and the commitment it takes to um, sit down and confidently put a microphone on you and talk for however many hours mm-hmm. um, and the, hey, the we gravity in front of the, tens of people on the Illinois Wesleyan men's basketball broadcast. We definitely did. People and um, I'm thankful that uh, I have catapulted to uh, viewership slightly larger than that maybe and, maybe and larger but the point being is that there's a there's an innate nervousness and nervousness isn't the right word because you can feel nervousness you carry nervousness at least from my personal experience of being on air there's a um there's just a deep-seated want to do the best that you absolutely can and, mm-hmm. and i don't know i can't speak to the motivation of Bill Walton and getting on the call. I think his motivation is just his true unbridled love for the game of basketball. I agree. And anytime you're having a guy like that on the call, I'm in. Maybe it's getting a little novelty. There were were a couple points where I think he was on the call with Jason Benetti um, the other night. And like Benetti was struggling to do his job because Walton was going so far off the rails. Go off the rails, but get me back to the action on court. If you're taking me so far off the rails that we missed three possessions and I'm confused as to what's going on in the game right now, let's go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yes, I, I will agree to that, but I, I'll push back on you know calling for Bill Walton's job because I know what it takes to every day yeah. embrace that nervousness and channel it into positive entertainment energy. I, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I think part of... Uh, I want to say this idea comes up right about every year about this time, the last few at least. Part of it is because I think – I heard this on a different podcast, kind of agreed with it. Like Bill Walton's games right now are kind of in the spotlight. Like he's doing the, the 7 p.m. primetime game, Indiana versus whoever. Like Bill Walton's kind of – I think where he's best his, – his role for kind – of, I don't want to call him a novelty act because he obviously knows more about basketball, but his – style is more you know off topic kind of keeping it light and all that I, I think his spot and you know the kind of the later west coast games where the games aren't you know these barn burners number three versus number five whatever might be a better spot for that and mm-hmm. i also do agree with you don't like i like him i, I think his broadcast entertaining but when you get to the part where you're you know throwing off a pros pro like jason benetti that's we, we can't be doing that <laughs> we can't we can't be doing, we can't be that, doing is, that you know that that's why we know who Bill Walton is, and, and and maybe when it gets you know into those college basketball ranks, you're not always positive. Who's that on the call right now? There's no mistaking. It's no mistaking Bill when it's Bill Walton. Walton. And why that possession reminds me of the Grateful Dead 1985 yeah, just, tour just, in Tacoma. Just keep them to 10 Washington, USC. And you know? we went to the moon. 
like there's that's fun and there's space for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll continue to enjoy Bill Walton. So get, you know what? I've moved to sell. I'm selling. Like, get off Bill Walton's back. All right. I am off Bill. I was asking you. I just I, I was agreeing with you. All right, I got uh, one more for you here, Matt. Buy or sell more celebrity boxing. Over the weekend, we saw Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. They both got out of their healthy. They both landed some punches in the co-main. Jake Paul absolutely starches Nate Robinson. Um, it was... <laughs> it was some words I thought I'd never heard here in my life. <laughs> right? It was everything you could have asked for in such an outlandish card. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm here for it. I, I also... Um, I, I would love to say, hey, go watch our recap, but CBS Sports HQ, our recap, which I anchored on Saturday night of the fights, got pulled from YouTube um, because of some copyright issues. We had a little too much fight footage in there. You know, we were, mm, yeah, we were confined to a certain amount of fight footage. They pulled it, but before they pulled it, it reached number two on the trending list. We were the second most watched video on YouTube over the weekend. The uh, most watched video in the history of CBS Sports digital page. 10 million plus views on the Tyson uh, fight recap. So we were very proud of that. And I'm asking this question just so I could say that to the listeners. But that's fine. Or sell more celebrity boxing. You know, I'm fine with it. Like kind of as long as they keep it pretty spread out, few and far between. Because if you start doing it too often, if, if Jake Paul it was... Are Jake and Logan Paul the same person? Are they brothers? No, brothers. Is that, okay. brothers. Jake is the younger brother. Logan's they do the YouTube? Brother. They got famous they, from YouTube? How Am I old correct? are you? Right? That's right, right? Yes, that's right. I don't know right. these people. I don't really pay attention to YouTube stars. What, what do I got time for YouTube stars for? What do they you're do not, on they're, YouTube? They're, they're, like, they're like in the popular lexicon. Like from, from doing what? What has Logan caught Paul, Logan Paul was they dating. Do. They just broke up, kind of, kind of okay, wearing this one that's heavy. Not Logan, what Paul, he does, Logan Paul though. was dating Josie Canseco, that's Jose great. Canseco's daughter. Jake Paul has dated what a bunch does, of high-profile like, people. What did they Jake do Paul got, got arrested. Jake Paul got arrested in Arizona for looting. This you're is answering just like, my question. And they don't do exactly. anything, so I don't but they are visible. They are visible. That's though. fair. You know who they are. They don't do you anything. Know who they are. I, I honestly did not know if – I've heard the Paul last name. I, I didn't know if like – I don't know who they – like if they, they were, were cousins, brothers, too. same person. I, brothers. I do not Logan's really the that. older brother. Jake's the younger brother. Logan got into boxing first, got his ass beat by a YouTuber from London. So Jake took I'm, up the I'm mantle and kicked that guy's YouTubers. ass. And now all just all YouTube fights. celebrities. Have all YouTube's okay. No, yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm fine with it, provided it just doesn't become like uh, you, you can't show it to me too often. Otherwise, it's going to get to be a little bit too much, and people aren't going to care for, care about it. Okay, if you have bonus it every, by yourself, okay, bonus by yourself, because I agree with you. You know, and and they they have to be somewhat competent fighters, yes. or athletes, the way Jake Paul and Nate Robinson were. I wouldn't say. Nate Robinson's a competent fighter, but competent athlete. Um, there was celebrity boxing back in the day where Screech was fighting people, and it was just like a joke with headgear on. Buy or sell, Matt? Old man boxer fighting. So, like this, what we saw in the main event. Do you need? Do you want to see? Because Mike Tyson made it clear that he wants to continue to do this. He wants to continue to donate these purses to charity. Um, he's reignited his ego and his love for fighting. I think they got out of here um, scot free with no one getting severely injured. Uh, but I think that that's a very real possibility anytime you put Mike Tyson in the ring with a 52-year-old. Yeah, Mike's probably going to be fine, but those those punches still had something behind them. You know, I'm kind of into it as long as Mike Tyson's in it because, like okay. you said, it, like, whenever Mike Tyson's in a fight, I don't care if he's 50 or 70, like, you know, that – 
there's always that chance he's going to connect on a right hook. And, and, and what if know, it was like, like then it's what also if it was like, like he's Oscar also fighting De La Hoya. What if it was like Oscar De La Hoya, like Ricky Hat is Rick? No, Ricky. I don't think Ricky Hatton's alive anymore. I'm trying to no, think of someone alive. who's Ricky Hatton's alive. He's not that old, Ricky. I know, Hatton. but that wasn't why he was. Well, I thought he, no, yeah, he's alive. Forty-two years old, perfect yeah. fight. Ricky, Ricky Hatton, Oscar De La Hoya. Would you be signed up for that, or is this? Yeah, because I think that's more like actual boxers. Like I, I don't not not to knock Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., but like Tyson looked like he was in pretty good shape, but still kind of an old man. Roy Jones Jr. just looked kind of fat. Like um, I'm looking at pictures of Ricky Hatton right now. Still looks like he can go. No, not. No? I mean, still could go, no doubt. But like he's. He's not shredded up anymore. I must not he's, be seeing current Ricky Hatton pictures. Though. Yeah, That's I don't fair. know. I'm, I'm looking at a couple of pictures of Ricky where he's been living good, you know, and, and as a fighter should. In as match. you should. Yeah. Bonus buy or sell. I think okay. I ask you this every year when it comes out, but I always forget your answer, even though I kind of know it. Joe, buy or sell the McRib. It's back. Sell. Disgusting. I it. Couldn't buy why it does anymore. It, Love the McRib. Why does, it, why does it have a copyright next to it? Also, why, does, <laughs> why, are, there, why are there rib shapes in there when there's no ribs in there? Um, well, because you kind I, of I form my, it to look like that. I, have, I know. I don't, I don't want my meat formed. And okay, that, then you don't I mean, want a burger? I mean, you could, you could clip that and You're do a bunch of a different patty, things Joe. with that right there. But Yeah, but I'm forming a patty You're with my hands. you telling me you don't it's, need it's, a chicken another, nugget? Matt, I have too not good for had, chicken nuggets? Yes. Okay. You should be too. No. As should the rest of our listening public. Hold yourselves to a higher standard culinarily. Hey. Go get an actual I do piece. hold myself to higher standard you know how, culinarily. You know that doesn't mean I'm ever going to say no to chicken nuggets. You know how readily available a piece of grilled chicken is in our society today? I do. Chicken nuggets can taste better. That's that, Matt, I know you do this just to get me going, but... Just because I like, love Stop. grilled chicken see, breast doesn't mean there's not a time long, and a place for chicken nuggets. See how long there isn't a time and a place for chicken nuggets. It's killing you. It's killing you. Everything's killing From me. the ins, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. The piece of grilled chicken is actually helping you. If it's organic, farm raised, free range, it's 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 lengthening your life. Hmm. Chicken nuggets, not proven to actually be chicken, are killing you. It's a mystery meat. It's good for you. It is mystery. That's not Helps good. Build up your immune system. <sighs> that's why Ricky Hatton and you <laughs> are no longer in playing shape. Is because of the chicken. Hey, I'm in much better shape weight than I was at my playing weight shape. Yeah. Yeah. Weight. What about cardiovascularly? How's the old you know, ticker? It's not, it's not that bad. I would say cardio-wise, I, I, I run more a lot. There's no way you're too. better. There's no way you're better than when you were playing football. I'm not better um, than cardiovascularly. In terms of like distance. You were running, running miles every day. No, I wasn't. I was like doing these like yeah, short little spurts for four seconds and then done. But still, explosion, sprints yes. at the end of practice. You were five days a week doing something to push yourself to a limit cardiovascularly. None of us are doing we that. Should, we should do a 47-second drill and see if we make it. We should not um, do that. I don't want to I do did, that. I did race a coworker a couple weeks God, ago. how did that go, Joe? Uh, it, was, it was for pride. It was for pride. Um, we had a PM. No shekels. We're all, we're all friendly. No, no sh- I said, you got to pay me to get to the – you got to pay me to get to the starting line. You got to make this worth my while. He did enough, he did enough uh, trash talking where I was like, you know what? This is just – this has gone too far. How are the hamstrings? After the race, a little tender, but yeah. like I, I still had the burst for a full 40. Okay. I still had the burst. Um, if you would have timed it, probably would have been right on that five-second mark. Like tr- Probably would have been right around that, that 4.950 mark. It didn't what were you in college, like a 4.7? Didn't, didn't feel fast. Uh, I ran 4.66 on laser at gotcha. the Nike Combine. 
Um, lowest I was ever tacked on a clock, which is like norm clock, which doesn't That's really all count. about the person on the clock. I think I got down into the four five five range, but four six six on laser at the Nike Combine. Yeah, we never had to do the forties in college. It was great. We just had to do twenties. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, explosions not there, but uh, you put me next to someone on the line, and, and you might get dusted. It, that, it being, always helps. Having point the guy being. Next to you. Stop eating chicken McNuggets and McRibs. I all will of you. never stop eating them for good. Ever. All right. Well, you should. You There's should always try and pass a time and place up. for McDonald's. Hey, I made. There's not. There's I not. Cook, I've been cooking very healthy this week. That doesn't mean I can't have a cheat day here. So, and there. yeah, but th- why would you use your cheat day on McDonald's? Like, I'm using my cheat day to eat like a medium pizza or a nice big, I'm, I'm not, nice I, big bowl of pasta. I can count. Like, I can literally count probably. Good food, good food that's not good for you. I can count McDonald's on one hand. McDonald's is shitty food that's not good for I you. I can count probably on one hand the times I've had non-McDonald's breakfast in the last calendar year. I, do, I almost never go to that. But I'm like, I, I, there's still time and place for a cheat day. I'm usually a pizza guy as well. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get a big old. Use I'm your good. cheat day wisely, not on a 20-piece McNugget. Just go oh, fuck. Just go, good, excuse me. Just go eat a handful of salt. Like just go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Have I, I, I'm I'm very anti McDonald's. I'm anti I'm anti uh, big fast food corporation right now. It's killing killing the public. Quit drinking soda. Quit quit. I don't McDonald's. drink. I, well, I drink diet. Be a better Coke Sometimes, you. but I don't really. Drink. I, I, the, the last there's nothing time diet. I, there's nothing diet about diet coke. There's no That's sugar a word they put next to it. There's no sugar. So in it, which is nice. that aspartame's killing you too. Yeah. My dad, turned, my dad's doing fine. I know, and he's an anomaly. <laughs> the man still lifts three hundred pounds over his chest on his birthday every year. I do not. He's, he's, he's a yeah. Nor do I. If I got under three hundred pounds right now, I don't know if I'm one repping it. Pjr still is. I don't think that has anything to do it's with be, the diet coke. That's the diet coke. Hey, hey, that's one thing he's, he's doing that you're I not. I think he's doing it in one spite thing he's doing of the diet not. coke. And I know Tjr listens, and uh, I, you know. I'd like to get my man off the Diet Coke as That's well. That's just never going to happen. I know. I know. I, thought I, was, yeah. at, I was at my, pe- I try, I I've my tried parents. To change, I've tried, tried to change my dad's ways on a couple things. And uh, thankfully, under his own accord, because of you know being a heart patient and all those things, he, he's, he's changed his diet for the better. But yeah. There's still some stuff in there that, that that's just ingrained. That's just in the DNA. It's you just know, I, I think, Joe, with the majority of all of us, that's kind of the thing. Is we, as we get older, we're going to strive to make things better, and usually will. But there's always going to be, you know, those one or two things that just aren't going to go away, and that's okay. In all mm-hmm. things, moderation. That 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 I can get behind. Yes, that I can get behind. Uh, Matt, we've gone all different directions. Here you you brought back a podcast. segment. Can I bring back another one real quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring back. Shut it down, real quick. Can I shut it Let's down. Shut it down. Let's shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. All right, I just want, I want to do a quick promo for our friends over at uh, the, the Wish Forever Foundation. Um, every year around this time, we, you and I usually plug Wishfest, which is a fantastic event. Uh, this year, obviously, with, with COVID and all that, not going to be able to do that in person. They are still going to have a virtual Wishfest, which uh, I, I apologize. I don't have the date uh, off the top of my head. I believe it's the 11th. I, I, think, I was going to say email, the 11th or 12th. Um, they're, they're having a virtual concert. Um, it, it, all the information you could possibly need is on wishforever.org. But right now, uh, they're doing their, their 12 ga- days of giving. They're trying to raise $150,000 uh, to benefit families uh, battling cancer, who can, people who have uh, ease the financial burden of families battling cancer. Uh, I made my donation on Giving Tuesday yesterday. I, I'm sure Joe has as well. Um, 
log on to wishforever.org, do some reading, check out the concert, write them a, a, a quick little check or a quick little payment with a credit card. Go do your do your duty this this giving season, this holiday season. Help out uh, a great foundation for a great cause, great people, and uh, help help ease that burden for a lot of those people who are probably even going through a worse time now with COVID. It's got to be even more of yeah. a nightmare than it could possibly be uh, with a child or with a family member with cancer. So let's do our part. Let's help those people out as best we can. Amen, Matt. December 11th, 8 p.m. Central Time is the Wish at Home, uh, Wish Fest at Home edition. Uh, more details coming on that. Um, but uh, yeah, Danny Wisher, the Wisher family, they continue to do great things um, for those families and, and those kids fighting pediatric cancer of all different sorts. And uh, the memory of our friend Andrew, um, our leader Andrew, lives on through this. And it is the least we can do is to, uh, you know, take that mcdonald's mcnugget money that mm-hmm. McRib money and send it to a place that actually makes a positive difference pass up on the commitment? McRib this week can send you make that, that commitment to me matt send that 299 to win no, send more than 290 hey, is better counts. than nothing people. that's it's, right every dime counts and uh you are making a difference because i know a lot of times uh you know as we've gotten older and as we've donated to these things and, and as you start to understand where your money is going uh in terms of taxes and all these other things, you can't always point to it. And mm-hmm. Wish Forever allows us to point to these families and point to these kids and point to the memory of our friend and and see exactly what your Where money going. is going to and see exactly the difference that you're making. And that's, you know, if you're going to make it a, a personal thing, which which it doesn't have to be, you know, that, that can make you feel good and that can help you sleep at night knowing that you are making a direct difference in these individuals' lives and uh, we'll continue to do it. Uh, hey, yeah, so get over not, there, wishforever.org. Uh, uh, nice little perk, too, com. is, yeah, I believe they have starting at $100. You donate $100, uh, I believe you get a free hat. You donate $200, you get a hat and a T-shirt. You donate $300, you get a hat, T-shirt, and a hoodie. I mean, you're basically paying for it, people. So they're, they're it giving you some free stuff here, some some great it's good merch. I it's got, great it's merch. Like, uh, I, every year I come away spending more money at that merch tent than I uh than I always planned on. It's, it's some good stuff. I'm regularly repping Wish Forever uh, dry fits at the gym, at work, everywhere. My, my Wish people Forever, ask about wish it forever no. hat is right now. I don't go to the gym all that often. But it, was, it, was, it was one of my favorite workout hats. Wear it all the time. Uh, they got some great stuff. Thank you to all the partners and thank you to everyone that don- donates to uh, Wish Fest and Wish Forever and the organization to continue uh, making these changes. We thank you guys and we thank you, Moose and Runes listeners, for tuning in to this episode 183 Three of the go. pod. Uh, for Matt, I am Joe. We hope you guys enjoyed. As always, send us your mailbags. I know we got uh, one or two sitting in the hopper right now. I'm going to save that for next week. I had to rail about um, okay, we, you know, we, all, the, all the sadness in my story. Luckily, the, the one we had for the one we've, ones we've gotten the last couple weeks are pretty evergreen, so we'll, we'll get to them, people. We always All do. right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for episode 183 for Matt. I'm Joe. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.